Hey there, listeners. This is Andy from the Occasional Podcast Review. Uh, Carl and I were lucky enough to snag an interview with the hosts of the Totally Rad Show. So uh, here's that interview. So how's everyone doing? Good. Good, dude. We're good. Are we, uh, are we live right now? Are we live? <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're just recording it. Okay. And then we're going to edit it and then publish it. Sounds good. Oh, nice. So is this, is this like, are you going to do a podcast and then it cuts to the interview with, with us? Or is this, are you, okay. Is that what well, it is? We already uh, recorded the podcast and then okay. we're going to put the interview in afterwards. Okay, gotcha. Dan is a man of a thousand questions, as you can tell. <laughs> About 998 more coming. Yes. Okay. So, but I'm guessing we should probably ask some questions as well. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, what did? Why? How did you guys get into podcasting? I think that was sort of my fault. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All around. Uh, nice. I got I got into podcasting through the story that I'm sure anybody who knows our show knows, which is I, uh, you know, landed the job hosting the screensavers on Tech TV with Kevin Rose back in the day which now seems like an eternity ago because it was almost four years ago, if you guys can buy that. Yeah, uh, I've seen some of, some of them on yeah, YouTube. Way, way, yeah, way back in the day. And it was sort of before podcasting was was out and being used, but it was sort of, you know, ham radio. You know, it was very, like, older electrical engineers in their garage were doing podcasts back then. Um, and then... We stopped hosting the screensavers. I was uh, unceremoniously fired, along with a lot of other people. And then uh, Kevin ended up quitting to do the whole Dig.com thing. And, uh, you know, Apple, I think it was iTunes 4.5, came out in August of 05, I think. And uh, Kevin called me up and said, bro iTunes podcasts are going to be in iTunes. Let's make a podcast. And two days later, we shot our first episode of Dignation, um, which is then sort of how uh, little Danny Trachtenberg over here got into doing his show. If you want to chat about that, Dan's. Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I was a huge fan. I was a huge fan of the screensavers, um, and I, I told story at the time how I actually hated when Alex showed up on the screen because I was like, who is this joker? He's not funny as you think he is. Um, and then I fell in love, and he, he was hysterical. He, he needed a girl on me. Um, it's kind of like when you watch an episode of a show, you don't like it, and then when it says it gets better after the next episode, well, that happened with Alex on the screen favors. And then um, I followed him uh, over to Dignation. I was a huge fan of that. And I really like that podcast, but I, I wish there was something like that that covered um, the geeky stuff that I was into, like movies, comics, and video games. Um, so I started my own podcast with a friend of mine, uh, John London, called Geekdrome. And uh, I don't know if that was before or after I did a commercial for Dignation. So I met Alex because I was, I'm a commercial director. And I was doing a commercial over a weekend, and I had an extra day and some money, and I and I thought I'd love to make another commercial. I'm not funny. There's this guy that I watch all the time who's really funny, and I know he's an actor, and he wants to be acting and stuff. Maybe I can get in touch with him, and we can make a funny commercial. So I got in touch with Alex, and we made a commercial for Dignation. I don't know if that was before or after I started Geek Drum, but you were doing Alex Geek Drum. Became, 
Yeah. Yeah. You, you were doing Geek Drum. Yeah, because remember. Ah, you're right. Because you, you, you were like, there's tons of people making podcasts in their basement. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, and then so, so I told us about Geek Drum after we became friendly and he showed Revision 3. And then that's how I got hooked up doing a podcast on Rev 3 pre TRS. Yeah, and, and then, then we met Jeff. We met man. Jeff. Yeah, the I, well, while they were uh, while they were both doing podcasts in their basement, I was sitting alone in my basement, wishing that I had the means to do a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> um, and wishing I knew people that were into the same types of things that I was into. Uh, and I had a buddy uh, who um, who knew an old producer of uh, of Alex's on. Uh, the screensavers and now is on Attack of the Show and he and I became friends because we have similar interests and um, he was rounding up people Alec, he and Alex are good buddies from when they worked on screensavers and they had gone down to Comic-Con, right? Or there was yeah, another Comic-Con, Comic-Con mm-hmm. and had played uh, a pickup game of Dungeons and Dragons for the first time tabletop, uh, you know dice, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons oh, yeah. and uh, and got fell in love with that and wanted to wanted to do more of that after that little first little taste, and so he sent out an email to a bunch of people that he knew that would have similar, you know, desire to do that. And I was one of those people that he knew that wanted to do that. And I was I was immediately in because I'd never played Dungeons and Dragons and had always wanted to growing up. And so at this pickup game of Dungeons and Dragons, Dan was there and Alex was there and I was there and uh, we all it was it was sort of love at first sight. <laughs> we uh, we all became. Jeff was wearing a friends. Superman T-shirt, and I was like. <laughs> He is cool. I want to hang out with him. <laughs> yeah, we all, we all, we all, you know, the first time we all were in the same room at the same time, none of us referred to each other as our real names. <laughs> we all, we right. all called each other our character names, and and I think all of us still have each other on our cell phones as our original Dungeons and Dragons character names. <laughs> totally, you know, I, I'm totally. constantly calling Jeff Soriak the total sweet, <laughs> yeah. just to be able to see what's up. <laughs> So anyway, so we became we became fast friends from that, and then um, Dan's show Geekdrome was um, sort of winding down, and we had in our social lives together hanging out. We all had these conversations about geek stuff and uh, movies and video games and comics and TV, and and loved getting into debates and loved sharing stuff with each other about what we were into and what the other person maybe hadn't heard of. And we thought to ourselves, you know, why not share this? conversation with a larger audience and so um we that kind of turned into uh, doing a podcast so was that commercial you guys were talking about the one with like jennifer lopez or whoever it was uh or beyonce yeah yeah oh, beyonce. Beyonce. sorry at the pizza place it was actually we pulled those spots out of our rear the day of i mean it yeah. was like it was a little bit of a, a fiasco, but I think it worked out because not only did we get these the commercials, but obviously, I mean, Totally Rad Show wouldn't be around had we not had that opportunity yeah. to work together. So, yeah. and for, I was looking on Wikipedia, and it said Alex, you were a coal miner at some point. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Wikipedia. I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> awesome. I yeah, it, it just did not seem right. So I was like, I'm gonna have to ask about that. Wow, for wow. snake bite, arc, uh, anthracite mining in Spokane, Georgia. Did you just look it up? 
I did just look it up. Uh, <laughs> to say that that is uh, epic. That is an incorrect statement on. How is Wikipedia wrong? How? Oh, oh people can. Oh, dude, it's got my it's got my character name on Wow as well. <laughs> well, so Maybe no, you meant your no. mining uh, mining in Wow. Yeah, as much as I would love to have done that, um, it was not. The legend grows. Yes. Wow, this is fun, dude. I, I should be reading this and see how I, I'm the president of Uganda. It's <laughs> amazing. I didn't know that. No, I'm just kidding. It's not in there, bud. Uh, but unfortunately, no, the coal, mining, yeah. coal, coal mining is a myth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so do you think at this point that your podcast is a success, like where you want it? Yeah, I mean, I think success is such an arbitrary word. I mean, I think, you know, we are having fun doing what we're doing. People are watching. People are enjoying what we're doing. I think that is a success for us. You know, I mean, I, you know, there doesn't have to be five million people watching an episode for us to say, "Hey, this is really a big success." Even if we had half the audience that we do, um, you know, we would probably feel like it was a successful show because the show is the show that we've we always wanted to make it. You know, I mean, when we started conceptualizing what a totally rad show would be, it's you know, it's a little daunting because there's so much that one and and many would classify as rad that we were like how do we even convey like the scope of the show was so big so the mere fact that we can have a show that it it shooting it on green screen with hand-drawn comic backgrounds works you know what i mean <laughs> that we've been able to come up with 48 movie intros that we <laughs> aren't dead from that is a success so i think you know but at the same time, I, if you think of success as a destination, you know, if it, if you think of it as a as a full stop, then we certainly yeah. don't think of it that way. You know, we we like being successful, but we certainly want to keep pushing the show into new directions. And uh, you know, we have lots of ideas that we we bounce around, and and, and you know, we'd love to 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 do more. We we want to do a live show this year. We want to. There's a lot of stuff we want to do, and continue to grow the show. So. If you think of it as well, are you done? You know, is it successful? Are you have you gotten to where you want to be? Well, that's certainly not true. But we do feel like just being able to do the show at all and get the reaction we've gotten is is successful for us. So there's like no specific points that, like you don't know any specific points right now that you are trying to get to, and then you would say. Okay, oh. we've accomplished everything that we want to. Total world domination probably would yeah. be. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if we had five million viewers, that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. True. That'd be a good number. Secret underground lair, flying cars and jetpacks. I think. You know, if <laughs> our show can move us to that goal, then I think we've we we're you know successful. We've done everything we need to do. Okay. <laughs> so um. <laughs> So what would you say um, you're trying to do with your podcast that is different from all other podcasts? What would you well, say think... all other podcasts are, are, are doing? Well, what would you say? Well, what do you try to do differently <laughs> than other podcasts? <laughs> well, I think our, our show has a visual style that separates it from, from a, a number of podcasts out there. I mean, I think, you know, the one of the things that's really great about podcasting in general is that it's not like 
TV or film where you kind of see the same formulas visually and the same technical things happening over and over. And it's rare when a thing, something like The Matrix comes out and really is sort of like, wow, you can do that in movies or, you know, it, it, that's really rare. I think with podcasts, you're more often it, – it's more rare to see podcasts that are cookie-cutter podcasts that look exactly like the other podcasts, you know. And so I think with us, we really wanted to push the envelope as to the production value you can squeeze out of four guys in their friend's garage. And I think I think that's something that, I, you know, I, I'm sure the other guys feel the same way, but I'm very proud of the fact that we, you know, and, and I think 99% of that credit goes to Steve – who's our sort of technical wizard, you know, to be able to do that. But I think that's something that I think, you know, really pushes our show out in for, into the forefront of what you can do with the technology that is podcasting. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. But I, I, I would add to that, um, I think there's <clears throat> a tonal thing that I think right from the outset we all tacitly agreed on which is a lot of st- uh, the stuff out there in the world that covers the kinds of things we cover, you know, movies, video games, TV. There's a lot of different media that cover those things. And I think all too frequently we find that there is a cynicism and a sort of above-it-all kind of mentality with a lot of that stuff. And we all came to this show as real enthusiasts, people who, you know, really love the subject matter that we're talking about and like i said at the beginning you know the the show grew from conversations that we would be having already cuz we are genuinely excited to tell each other about it and there i think our sort of thesis statement for this show is that we want to engage in that conversation from a place of hoping everything is great wanting to share with each other the stuff that's great Yes, criticizing stuff that isn't, but there's a, a a feeling of actually having affection for this this subject matter that we find all too rare in you know other stuff. So, um. do you think though that since I, I I don't mean to I don't think this is offensive, but you guys don't take it very you you like the stuff you talk about, but you don't really see it as a job, so it's not very serious, and until like there are more podcasts or even your podcast that take it really serious. I think that the majority of the people will not take you serious, like what you say. Well, I, I think the issue with that. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like you're saying sort of like a movie poster wouldn't quote what someone says in a podcast yet, but they'll quote what someone says in a newspaper or a magazine. Is that sort of what you're saying? Yeah. Like we're not, we're not, we're not, yeah, podcast hosts aren't hosts of a, of a podcast are not regarded as equal to critics of a reputable newspaper or, or or any or basically critics in any other medium but the internet. Yeah, and I think that that like my thesis is that that will probably continue as long as most podcasts are uh, people just talking and not like there's like little slip ups are edited out and there's goes a, there's a lot of preparation in it even if it's just one person that i think that until then that's not going to happen that's what i think well i, I would i would uh, i would warn against confusing uh casual with unprepared 
And I, okay. I think I think that um, our show, we definitely want to convey a feeling of casual and friends uh, hanging out and discussing stuff that they're interested in. But that doesn't mean that we don't take the subject matter very seriously and don't prepare and yeah, there's a there are slip ups. There are, are none of the stuff we do is scripted. None of the stuff we do is teleprompted or, or any of that. We you know, it's all off the top of our heads. But we definitely take the the subject matter very seriously. And um, and I don't I don't think that there's a a, a feeling of of not giving anything its due. If, if that's what you're talking about. That's not really. I guess not what I meant. I meant that. If that casual sense, like that buddy talking, that that's just like three guys sitting around talking, I think that it's very dependent on liking the personality of those people and that if you have even the slightest problem with anyone's personality, that you will never watch it again because it's so dependent on liking other people, the personalities of the people talking. Well, I, well, well I think... I don't... Okay. I don't think yeah, well, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think podcast, one of the big things that I think is a, is a benefit to podcasts is, is that it is so talent-driven, and, and I don't mean talent as any skill set. I just mean it as the people, you know, you can enjoy somebody's way of being, and that is what you get when you experience their show, and that's that's also very different from television. I mean, it's more like a late-night talk show. TV. I mean, I, you know, the same can be said if you don't, if you, if you're not a big fan of David Letterman, you're not going to watch the Letterman show. You know what I mean? But that's a big TV show, and I think the same thing is is true with podcasts. But I also think that that people give podcasts more uh, latitude when it comes to things like that. If I watch a television show that I know, you know, cost a million dollars or whatever, I, and and I don't enjoy the first five minutes, I'm going to tune out and never go back. I think with podcasts. People will see the first one and go, "Eh, wasn't my thing," but you know, I, I want to see where these guys go. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's free; it doesn't take any of my time. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are just trying to do what they want to do. I'm going to give them the latitude to grow as a show, to grow on me. Sort of how Dan describes his relationship with me. <laughs> 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 so I think that you know, I think it's a blessing and a curse. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's too much of a downside, but I think. You know, it, it's one of the things that's so great about the medium is, is that people will give you more opportunities to get into their favor. And I think if if they may not like your your sort of natural state of being, but you're talking to them in a way that's very intelligent about the things that they're interested in, they may be able to get beyond that. Whereas with the television show, maybe they wouldn't be able to get beyond it as much. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, at its core, ours is an opinion show, and mm -hmm. any opinion show, whether it be talk radio, late night TV, uh, early morning talk show, any kind of show where what you're asking people to do is watch your opinion of something, I think that is absolutely based on, on personality or your willingness to trust or want to argue with those opinions. And I don't think just because we're released on the Internet – it has anything different than it's something that's released on television or radio or any other media where you're asking a viewer to tune in week after week to find out what we think of something. If they don't like us, then they're, by all means, they, 
they don't have to tune in to, to hear our opinion. I'm sure there's someone else in some other media somewhere or even another podcast that will find uh, an opinion that they do want to hear. But ultimately, yeah, that's what that's what we're trying to put out into the world is is our opinion, and that is intimately tied to our personality. I think the deal with, with it is that podcasts, uh, maybe it's what you were getting at Carl, but podcasts are still very niche, and they're not they're not mainstream. And the, the you were saying is it, is that people would take it was it what was the original question? If people would take it take our opinion seriously or like because like what Jeff just said that. Um, there's not a, really a difference in an opinion show between podcasts and television and talk radio and all that stuff. And I think right. there is the difference that uh, those mediums are more established already. Right, so they're mainstream. Even they're, radio is yeah. more mainstream than podcasting. So yeah, yeah, so that if someone on TV says something, and even if you disagree with that uh, the opinion or you don't like their opinion, you are st- I would say people are still going to assign more value to that opinion than when somebody says it on a podcast. And isn't that sort of, at the risk of starting a, a real argument here, isn't that sort of what's wrong <laughs> with our country? <laughs> I mean, that just by virtue of the fact that there's some talking head on a television, that they have more, their their opinion has more value than what an email I get from a friend? Or, or you know, well, I, I don't... I, I don't it, it just, it, it's what... It's put on a on a higher altar, you know. Just like yeah. when I see if someone makes a point to me in person, I see a movie about that. You know, I'm looking up at a screen, I and mean, that's what we call movie stars. You know, like we look up at them. You know, I I used to be very, you know, in film school and stuff. I was so anti movie star. That's the, why do we use the word star? That's just they're working. Everyone else is on set is working just as hard as them. Why do they get the credit? But we are we are literally looking up at them on the screen, and and I you know I'm trying to sort of draw the analogy to on radio and television. You know we we've been watching that stuff all of our lives, and and internet is new, and because anyone can make something on the internet, while we are putting much more preparation and time and energy into our podcast than other people might be, um, you know it. It's still the fact that anyone can really make a podcast. Anyone can post a video on YouTube. And, you know, it, it's sort of like, and since it, it's not as rigorous a gauntlet to go through to to get your voice heard on that medium. So, you know, I, but I, I think... I, I mean, I would argue, and this is, we're going down a path that I don't know if we want to go down, but I would argue <laughs> that's a, a lot of what, uh, you know, watching the Jon Stewart show... 90% of his material is showing how hi- hypocritical and ill-placed the trust we put in the people that show up on television and try to tell us things, you know? Well, yeah, but I think right. that's just – but that's the nature of – that's human nature. That's, that's, I mean we're, you know, we're, we're pack animals. We want to be shepherded and we look – you know what I mean? Like when I flip on the TV, I mean I, we're, we're also people that are aware of that. You know what I mean? Like, I think most people aren't really even aware that they flip on the TV and, you know, Stone Phillips tells them that that you shouldn't be touching kids, and they go, "Oh yeah, that guy's really smart, and he's clearly the guy that is the authority on this." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, he's an actor. He's a guy that you know can read a prompter really well. You know, right. but I think that that you know, I, I don't know if that needs to be the 
extent of our conversation here, well, but we are an on the interesting same page concept. About touching kids, aren't we? We're all we are. Yeah, Every, I, I how could you not be? I totally agree with you, Jeff. Yeah. That that is what's wrong with our country. But I, I'm kind of the of the opinion that that you have to, or I think that you have to notice that the majority of the people do this and you have to basically calculate that in. Right. Right. Uh, okay. okay. I, I don't know what you mean by that, but but yeah, I mean I think that it's it's just going to be it's just a new technology and it's it's just going to be okay. something that as it as time progresses is going to be less of an issue and and we're, we're hoping that people will find our show uh and enjoy it and and begin to give our opinion more credence than maybe they would have before. I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I would even say, I know we're sort of changing gears here, but I would even say that people would prefer our opinion over an acerbic, you know, or like just a a, a clean um, sort of a more prepared, not as, like, you know, we're, we're sort of conversing with each other and giving our honest opinion, and that's very apparent. And when, you know, Steve Wines, you know, a movie review uh, guy on that they cut to on CNN or on Fox or whatever, and he gives his two-minute soundbite review, I think they would rather hear us opine than hear that review to decide on whether or not going to see the movie. I know, so there's more value equated to that in the mainstream in a general generalized way but on a personal level, I think the people that have ventured out to listen to podcasts would prefer to to be informed on, you know, things to buy or what what to see that weekend, um, or, or or pick up at the video game store or watch on television from our conversation because we sound like them that you know we, we we talk to them the way they talk to their friends or we've seen the thing or done or played the thing before, um, more so than when they watch it. A critic on television or whatever. Um, while, while that's not the general, me, you know, my parents may not realize that, you know, and older people, the, the worldwide population may not be watching podcasts as much to as they are watching television. But the people that are, I think, do hold our, our opinions more valuable than only because I know I do. When I when I would watch other movie podcasts. Or as Jeff does, you know, when he listens, you know, he's the guy who bring, brought one up yours to us. I listen to that all the time. And I'm sure that, and Jeff can back me up, but I'm sure that you hold their opinions on what game to rent or pick up or whatever, uh, you know, more more special than what, you know, I don't know. Or I, I think yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and those, or whatever. And those lines are going to continue to blur. You know, my, my nephew, who's three right now, he's going to live in a world where, the, he, he's not going to really make much of a distinction between how he gets his media. You know, he, as he grows up, those those distinctions between you know whether I'm delivered my media through uh, you know over the air or through a cable or on the internet, they aren't going to matter to him. He, he, yeah. It's an arbitrary distinction that is going to fade away as technology blurs those lines. That's crazy. You're right. I think that's right. That's really not to think about. So, like, for instance, that now the Apple TV, I think the Apple TV is a huge step in that direction because now you can watch podcasts on your TV 
just like it w- would be a normal TV show. And yeah, so I agree with what you said there. But I even I, I would even say the interesting about what Jeff said is that that's a big deal to our generation and above because that's how we got our media growing up TV. But kids growing up now get their media over the internet as much as they get their media over television. So the Apple TV, I would venture to guess, isn't that big a deal to them because they don't, they don't like they, they're already to them. It might even be weird to see internet stuff on the t- TV. They they watch TV stuff on the internet. They grew up with NBC.com streaming a TV show to them. You know we, that's yeah. weird to us, but that's going to be normal. That's going to be ancient technology by the t- time they're our age. You right. know. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see another question. What would you say is your intended audience? Hmm. Anybody oh, uh, and everybody. <laughs> yes. Anyone. Anybody who likes- watches TV and enjoys movies and video games <laughs> and comics. <laughs> and even people who don't. We get some. E- we get emails. Very interesting emails of people who, and this kind of goes to what you're saying a little bit uh, about personality is we get Im- emails from people who are like I watch your show and I don't e- I don't even go to the movies I don't even play video games I just enjoy watching you guys and the camaraderie that you have uh it feels like I'm hanging out um and and that's fine too you know we we we're our ultimate hope is that people can appreciate the show however they want to appreciate it if 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 I mean we're hoping to give some depth to the discussion of of the the stuff we're talking about, but we also want to have an entertaining experience. We want we're hoping that you laugh a couple of times during our show, or or you know we're, the the other segments that we do. Um, you know we're cooking a turkey. It, it doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's just sort of a good time, and and you know hopefully you can relate to that experience in some way. So you know hopefully a lot of p- different kinds of people can enjoy the show. Okay. Very concise. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Like h- how much. Um, like how much money like goes into all the equipment you use because it looks pretty good like it doesn't look like TV quality but it looks pretty good well I I I am really glad that I'm not Steve's credit card uh, <laughs> because our friend Steve likes to just buy fancy stuff for funsies I mean the bottom line is we were very fortunate to find Steve Steve had a lot of this stuff already bought. He was already shooting stuff. Um, Jeff is in a, a sketch group called Angry, uh, Very right. Angry Neighbors Van. Um, and so they had a lot of the equipment. I mean, we had, Steve already had two HD cameras, lighting package, huge editing system, you know. So he was already sort of set multiple microphones. And then, you know, as we grew, things happened. I mean, we, you know, had to buy a green screen, and it's like, well, what does that cost? Well, I mean, it's not super cheap, but it's actually not all that expensive. And then, you know, little by little, we built up our arsenal that of technology. And, you know, I mean, it does. it's not as pricey as, as one would think, thank, thankfully. <laughs> but also, we were really lucky to find someone like Steve who had a lot of that equipment already uh, uh, ready to start shooting. Yeah. So, do you think, th- th- like, 
if someone wanted to start making their podcast right now, do you think that you could you could do it just with like a normal handheld camera and your Apple TV and edit it down, or do you think that we're slowly getting to the point where pod, uh, people expect a higher level of quality? Well, I, well, well, let me. Well, what, yeah, we, what we do for our show is uh, an HD camera, a prosumer HD camera, a green screen, felt, you know, green screen felt material, green screen backdrop in a garage, and Final Cut Pro editing system on a on a very fast Apple computer. That is how we make our show. So you could do our show very similar, similarly, yet take more time with less expensive. Maybe not as as good an HD cam. They have HD camcorders now. You could shoot on an HD camcorder. It won't look. My mic is breaking. Um, it won't look as great, but it'll look almost. Um, and you could edit on a computer that's not as fast as the one we, we we have, and you can still make it happen, but it'll take much longer. And you could shoot on a green screen and not have all the lights, and it might not look like a perfect key. You know, so you might see that it's more affected and and not the the composite might not look as as crisp and sharp and and you know you might tell them shot on green screen, but uh, you could do that. Um, but you can put a little bit of money in and, and get the pro. Everything we do is prosumer. You know, nothing is totally professional, um, and nothing is consumer. You know. Okay, and but you don't think that podcasting is at the point yet where people rec uh, want HD so that they could watch it on their TV? I don't think I, – I, I, no I'm going to say that I don't think it'll ever be in that situation because that's not what podcasting is. You know, okay. podcasting isn't HD. Podcasting isn't anything. Podcasting is – a technology that allows you to put up an audio or video on a semi-regular basis and have it automatically delivered to people who want it. I mean, that's what a po that's what podcasting is. I think, you know, most of podcasters are still most of the people who who interact with podcasting are still watching it on their Zune or their iPhone or their iPod. You know what I mean? And and or their computer while they're on the go and. And even though you can, you can do high def to an Apple TV or move it over in high def to your 360 or your PS3, you know, um, or stream it from your computer at home, that doesn't mean that you need it to be in high def. And I think it'll be a long time before people start looking down upon the podcasts that aren't in high def, the podcasts that don't have television quality production value. You know, because podcasting started with no video. Podcasting was, I have an MP3 that's two and a half hours of me talking about plants. And people, there were enough people that were interested in that, that it started a, a, a sort of multimedia revolution in the entertainment industry, you know. And that I think that's where it started, and I don't think it'll ever go away from that. I think you can still come in and say, I want to talk about woodwork. I met... I literally met at the podcasting expo. These guys came up and they were like, "Oh, we love your show." And I was like, "Oh, yeah." And they were like, "Yeah, we do this this podcast." And I was like, "Oh, you know, what's it about?" And they said, "Woodworking." And I was like, "It blew me away." <laughs> like, you guys do a podcast about woodworking? And he was like, "Yeah, it's really big in the woodworking community." And it's like, 
that's podcast. You know what I mean? Like there would never be a woodworking TV show because you know it doesn't make sense. There's not enough people that would be interested in it. But there should be a woodworking TV show because the people that are in it. They want to watch TV about it. They want to listen about it. They want to keep up on what the new, you know, planes are that you can use. And you know what I mean. Like, you know, Alex is exactly right. It's it's that idea of the long tail, you know, and, and uh, that you can be with the internet. You can be so specialized in what you're talking about that you can be really going after that small group of people that are as specialized in their interests as you are, and. So it really comes down to what you expect out of what you're watching or what you're making. And for us, it was a priority. We made it a priority to, to have a visual show and to put work into that visual side. Um, but Alex's other show, Dignation, is extremely popular and is a great experience. And kind of its, its essence is two guys on a couch with laptops, you know, and – that is as much a stylistic choice as it is a means, you know, about what means they had to make the show. It, and I think as these technologies become more and more affordable, it will be a, a choice of uh, aesthetic and uh, style and rather than simply that's all we can afford, you know. And that's why I don't think people will get to a point where they need – podcast to be in high def you know what i mean i don't think anybody who's gonna have a successful show would then not have a successful show just because it wasn't in high definition or it wasn't shot extremely well i think most of it is if the content is good then people will listen right i think that all being said i will say that i i usually refer to what we do as as an internet show as opposed to a podcast and I, and I think that what you're referring to, the need for HD and all that, might happen one day, hopefully, when there's a difference between podcasts and a show on the Internet. You know, I think that sort of goes back to what we were talking to earlier um, with what Jeff was saying and what you had posed, where maybe the line is blurred between television, watching a show on TV and watching a show on the Internet. And hopefully, you know, podcasting is one thing, but watching a show on the Internet is is same thing as watching a TV show on the internet or, you know, like a TV show that we see on TV that we watch online, the same thing as a show that was made online that we're watching online as well, you know? Because, like, I notice right now that if you go to, like, CBS.com or something, that if you look at the only online material, the the quality of the show is a lot worse than if you actually watch the ones that are actually shown on TV. So I think yeah. that there has to be a huge mind uh m like point of view change before we're going to see a lot of internet shows. Well, that's well, that just, is, that's that just is, a, that's I, a, I think that Yeah, that's movie, just a, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Networks <laughs> and studios, you know, deciding to put more money into internet content, you know, they they're, they're not giving internet stuff uh, the attention they give their TV stuff. That's because uh, nobody's they want making the internet money on stuff the internet. to become <laughs> right. So I think it's it, this, as we were saying too, as this industry grows, you know, the the, the balance might shift. Or you're in this out, weird, so. awkward toddler stage of internet entertainment programming where nobody really knows what people want. Nobody really knows exactly how to monetize it yet. 
And in the next three to five years, I think you're going to find that all this stuff's going to sort itself out, and there's going to be clear ideas of how to how to make make money on with this with this technology and and you know distribute content in a way that people can find it easily. Um, and all that stuff's going to there there won't I, I really believe that there won't be as clear a distinction between something that's created for the internet and something that's created for other media. It's going to those things are going to converge, and you'll you know, be getting, you won't sign up for cable as much as you'll be signing up for broadband distribution of media. You know, it's going to be, it's all going to work itself out. Yeah, we'll be on hoverboards and yeah, uh, it'll fact. all work stuff out. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw Back to the too. Didn't everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, but like now in the age of like how NPR is going to podcasts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that allows them such a larger distribution I think than on the radio I think that that people are starting to take it more serious and I think that we well, soon will be oh, N- go ahead. NPR, I think NBR is a, a, a bad example because they're not it's not uh, <laughs> they don't have to have a, a revenue model you know they they they're distributing themselves on the internet to make their content more convenient for their listeners. They're only interested in having a convenience choice so that their their contributors can continue to contribute to them and their grants make more sense. You know that they're not in, they don't have to worry about um, making money in a in a making in a, profit. Right, making profit, exactly. But like recently uh, like this American Life Ira Glass at the beginning of the podcast said we're we're losing a hundred thousand dollars in bandwidth a year, and so I think that they're going to have to come up with some way to reimburse those costs. Well, that I mean, right? Yes, you're right. That's true. So I think that they are the first that they are a good choice for the first people to really embrace podcasting as a medium where like Fox Radio or CNN Radio couldn't do that because they're actually made because uh, they actually need to make money. So I think that NPR is a, a really good choice to be the first to do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So but do you think that those like the the radio shows on podcasts are they radio shows or podcasts? Well, I think that, at least in my book, they're another way to consume a a show. You know what I mean? Like, it's only a radio show because it's on the radio. If putting it onto an iPod makes it a podcast, then it's a podcast. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, um, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a show. It is a show that you listen to. You know what I mean? It's like an audio-only show is a better description of it than... A radio show or a podcast or a internet streaming show, you know what I mean? An internet radio show or, you know, any of that stuff. Because at the end of the day, you know, it it depends less on how you experience it and more on what medium it, it is available in. You know, like exactly. it's, a, it's, it's the example of, you know, Dan saying our show isn't really a podcast, it's an internet television show. You know, or an internet show, uh, and the bottom line is, is it's it's a video program. It's an, it's a video program. That that's what it is. If right. you click subscribe on the podcast link and it shows up on your iPod without you doing anything, then that is a podcast. 
even though it's still just a video show. If you watch it streaming on the internet, then it's an internet show. It's, it has nothing to do with a podcast. But, yeah. you know, I think it's just all nomenclature that doesn't really matter. And I think, you know, futurists would love to speculate as to what the internet is going to do to television and what the internet is going to do to film. And, and the answer is nobody knows. There is no way to know because, you know, tomorrow some company in Guam could announce that they have created a television that only works on wireless internet that they supply for free. And that's it. I mean, it's like nobody could, or, you know, it, it's a toaster that you can listen to your podcast. I mean, it's like there's no way of knowing what is going to be next in this industry. And so at least for me, my excitement and enjoyment in what I do has been what what do I do tomorrow that works within these new uh, totally interesting technologies that are evolving uh, sort of around us, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I think that with the thing that we've been trying to – I agree completely with Alex. It, the thing that we've been trying to describe, I think all of us today as we've been talking, is that that world that we all sort of see the beginning of where all these distinctions are just arbitrary and it's just content and it's all content. And if you like content of a particular stripe, if I want to see about woodworking, I will <laughs> go to whatever device – gets me the show about woodworking and it, i think that as these technologies continue and that, that that world of my you know nephew's future i think that we all sort of see it being a world where distinction between how i get it or where it's produced or how it doesn't really matter it's all about what do i want and that's very empowering for the consumer because it's something that says you know do i, I want to watch four guys in a garage talk about stuff I love and that is just as valid as watching a you know million dollar an episode sitcom it gives me comparable entertainment value and really that's what it's about it's about does this content entertain me or inform me or provide some value to my life that I want and if it does then it doesn't really matter to me how I get it where I watch it or how I consume it you know um, I think that the there is a difference in because it the standards are different. Like for example, I read an uh, episode in Time magazine today about how people are telling how the conservatives are telling no one watch Dexter because the idea of a good guy that's kind of a serial killer, our kids should not be hearing that, and the the editorial aspect of the the our article was it's good that all of a sudden we're not caring about only watching nipples and amount of blood and all that stuff and we're actually caring about what the kids are watching from a subject point and I think that there are going to be that once the uh, podcasts become more mainstream um, standards are going to have to be introduced to podcasting well but that's part of the problem i mean that you know you you've spoken to what the fcc is scared out of their gourd about which is you can't there's no i mean you know you know how many people would get up in arms if you said okay well this because of what you said 
this can't be distributed on the internet. I mean, that's, you know, that's how you are under, you know, Castro or something, you know what I mean? Like, part of the the nature of the internet that, and maybe it's just a luxury that we've had for a while that is something we shouldn't have. I don't know. I, I don't think that myself, but you know what I mean? Um, and also, I, I would venture to say that people didn't watch Dexter because Dexter's not all that great a show. I mean, I know that our fans <laughs> no. our fans love it, but we reviewed it, and all three of us decided we were never going to watch another episode again. So I can't imagine. I mean, there is something to say about the fact that maybe people just didn't want to watch it. You know what I mean? But well, you, was- raise a, you raise a good point, which is, <clears throat> you know, we fight that every once in a while on Dignation because Dignation, you know, I mean, we we drink. We drink all the time. And, you know, there's nothing to say that we can't. There's no legal reason why we shouldn't. And even if our audience, which it is not, but even if our audience was, you know, five-year-olds, there's no, say, there's no way to say that because a five-year-old watches an internet program, we then cannot drink on our show. And And, and the problem is, there's no way to be able to, you know, uh, police that in any way. Plus, you don't want to – I mean, I personally wouldn't want to live in a world where I couldn't shoot something that I wanted to say, put it up on the internet, and have people see it. I think that – I think that there – there, I think there has to be some kind of standard at some point because, like, if I were a parent, which I am not, but – I would not want a four-year-old, a five-year-old watching your show. Not because it's a bad show. Sure. Because, and... Yeah, but that's on the parents. That's on the parents. That's the parents' job. That's the same thing with television and movies. That's the same with comic books, everything. Video games, television, movies, every media. I mean, you're talking about censorship, basically, because your your kid can watch Dignation just as much as he can be watching the, The Sopranos. And it's up to right. your the household to guard their children from you. And there are tools that they can use for the internet. Uh, we have parents that watch our show that that, have, that I was actually just talking to about this very thing. Um, they can guard their children from the internet, show program that they don't want them to watch or look at or page that they want to download or whatever. Just as much as there are ways to not have them watch the TV program they don't want them to watch. Or go to the movie that they don't want them to see, or buy the video game they don't want them to buy. Uh, um, I think that, you know, I think that just like iTunes now has the the clean tag on certain shows, I think you will always have. Well, not always, but I, I do think there will be uh, distribution avenues on the internet that you can go to that will ensure you are getting stuff that's appropriate for all ages. I don't. But I, I'm sure I, there's a family-friendly podcast listing that you yes, could use. Absolutely, and and there's yeah, that there, that is a far cry from saying that there should be some sort of standard imposed on everybody. I can understand right. a, a, a certain place that is trusted where you can go, um, but to to com- to say that that should be a blanket standard for all things that fall under this arbitrary term of podcasting, I, I think that's that's a little far-reaching. Yeah. Well, I think, but you that you saw it with TV that there, and a lot of people say that this is a bad thing for TV that it is so highly standardized and that the FCC is um, is does have a lot of con- not really control but oversight over that content, and I think that we sh- 
we should get some kind, not necessarily government, but consumer organization that educates people, parents especially, about what shows to watch. And I think that as the internet and podcasts get more popular, that that should that should be promoted by the podcasting yeah. industry oh. itself and well, I, everyone hey, else. It, yeah, if there was a families for podcast thing, of course we would tell them, don't put Dignation on that list. Yeah, our shows have explicit tags on iTunes. But of course. You know, I think that, that maybe, I mean, you understand that the reason the FCC governs the airwaves is because they're the airwaves. Anyone can tune into them. It's broadcast over the air. The reason that anything goes on cable is because you pay into it. You have to you have to subscribe to that service. You're opting in. Now, the internet is similar. You opt in, so you, it, the responsibility falls to you. It, it it doesn't fall to a government agency. So, I, I I'm definitely in favor of places on the internet to go that can help you filter content that you choose to use as a tool to help you filter content. But the idea, I mean, I think the re, one of the great Strengths of the internet and the reason that people turn to it is because it isn't oversought. You know, there there isn't any oversight of the of the internet. There there isn't. It, it's a completely free flow of ideas, and uh, you know, it 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 scares me to think that there may be a, some sort of government oversight of the internet at some point. You know, I I think that as much as I hate any kind of website that would that offends my sensibilities, I also would defend their right to exist. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, we were talking about how you, we don't really know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know if you guys get the information, but did you guys see a spike in amount of podcasts downloaded during the writer's strike? Uh, you know, not not re- not as much as I think the the world would like to have happen, happen <laughs> or that people would like to say that happened, whether they have the numbers or not. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, there was, you know, I I don't I don't think I think it was very rare that somebody was watching TV and then went, oh man, man, house isn't on anymore. I'm going to go see what free internet programs there are for me to watch right now. I, I, I just don't think they that just that ended happened. up watching Moment of Truth instead. Right. What they did was they sat on their couch, the bored off their TV. ass, and went, "Dang you, striking writers, and dang you, producers, for not working with that." You know what I mean? Like, I sat many a night on my couch watching crap that I should not have been watching. I would not have liked to have been watching. Had my yeah. TiVo recorded house, I, I would have been watching that, but. I did not make the transition from the couch to my computer chair and seek out new life forms like Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, the so the short answer is not really. It's going to be a gradual process. I think it's it's going to be a generation yeah. thing. And, and you know, you Dan know. always, yeah, and Dan always makes up a good point, which is it, it's not the first thing that gets you to go to a show. You know what I mean? It's not that the writers went on strike and and your show was off the air that makes you go to the computer it's not the one time your friend says oh man i'm watching this new show it's really great you gotta check it out that you go to the computer it's it's when a few of those things happen in one time where you go what the hell is this i gotta go check this internet television stuff out you know what i mean it's not the one-time thing so i think it's sort of a a cascade that will happen over the course of the next couple years to get people really changing their 
and it's changing the way that you inter- entertain yourself over the la- I mean, I- I've been entertaining myself sitting on my couch watching TV for 30 years. So <laughs> it's going to be... It's going to be a slow process to make me not sit on the couch and turn the TV on. What do you mean by entertaining yourself? <laughs> I said couch and TV. Couch and TV. <laughs> yeah. But, and I think that I I also, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I watch a lot of TV, but like I watch a lot of Hulu. Like I'm sure you guys have Hulu accounts. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, and like I found this like show called Invisible Man. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. Yeah, the Sci-Fi it, Channel it, show. I'm not Just... sure if it was on the Sci-Fi, but it was like the whole Quicksilver thing about how he like gets to turn invisible and then he has like Quicksilver madness or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, it was it was a canceled Sci-Fi. It was on Sci-Fi for like uh, maybe a season. Yeah. Invisible Man. Yeah. yeah. I know the director of that. I know. I know. Yeah, I know the director. And like, I I was watching that show and I was thinking, this is a terrible show. Everything about (laughs) it is terrible. But I could identify with the main character a lot for some reason. Like the writing was terrible, acting was terrible, everything was terrible. But you could see that. I could feel I I've I know those moments that I felt the way the main character does, and right. I think that do do you guys agree? With, I I guess you've seen the show, or I don't know. No, no, no I haven't seen it. No, no, I you know, I, I saw yeah, I saw a couple episodes of it. It was a, a USA movie, I think. Um, oh, okay, I'm just looking it up right now. Uh, although I swear to God, it was on the Sci-Fi Channel, but I, I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember seeing it and was like, meh, it's okay. But that's a great, I mean, but that's also a great example of what a site like Hulu is going to be able to do, which is there's no way to see, you could have been, you know, I was a big fan of, um, well, not a big fan, but I enjoyed the show John Doe, um, which was on Fox for like five seconds. Um, and it was just this interesting concept. And I actually, one of the things that was frustrating with me about that show was that it was such a concept-driven show. It was about like this guy trying to figure out why he has these powers and what sort of where he came from. Was it an alien thing? Was it a you know religious thing? Like what was it? And they canceled the series before any of those questions were asked. It would be like somebody canceling Lost after the second season. You go, well, but I need to know. I can't. You, I'm never going to know. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so this is Hulu is a great example where there can be a community that comes together and watches those, can see those episodes, and maybe can talk to people who know the answers. I ended up, thankfully, um, met the casting director who cast the show, the pilot, and I sat her down and I said, "Did they have any idea? And if you, if they did, you need to tell me because my brain hurts." And she did tell me what it was, which I'm not going to spoil for right now. Um, but that's exactly what Hulu can do is you can see episodes of The Invisible Man, which you may or may not like. But if you did like, there's no other place for you to see them. You know what I mean? Okay. Do you think that also that it seems like today now um, the everyday person is taking away power from the networks like we saw with the whole Jer- Jericho thing that thanks to user demand, they got the show back? It's probably – I don't – I haven't seen any of the episodes of the new season, but I I think that people are going to kind of regret it because I think it was pretty well, like it was kind of closed 
and now they're going to have to do all that over again. Oh, you yeah. mean the, the, this, the show was sort of wrapped up and now they're going to have to kind of... Is that what you well, mean? I think it was to some degree because, like, they CBS canceled it and then there was such a huge, like, the whole peanut... I don't know if you guys heard about this, but the whole... So many people send huge amounts of peanuts because it was some part of the show to CBS yeah. that they brought it back. Yeah. And I think that that shows that the user is kind of taking control away from the networks to some degree. Well, I think we've been seeing, I think that that happened with Family Guy and that happened with Yeah, Futurama's going to be coming back soon. But make no mistake, it's not about taking power away from them. No. The people who have the money will continue to have the power. Uh, They just realized that there was a way to continue to make money on the show. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We actually alerted them of the power they they had over us. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Because the peanut companies said, bring it back and we will sponsor the show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the things that you also have to realize is, is that in my book, until the, the third or fourth episode back of Jericho, we won't know if that was a smart thing or a bad thing. I mean, Family Guy has, has proven their mantle by coming back from cancellation and now they're like the number one or number two show on the network at Fox. But Jericho, I, and I mean, I know I'm going to offend all those peanut senders but I, I i used to watch jericho and i stopped watching because i thought it was a shitty show and so like wh- the real success of that status is do the numbers go up from the numbers that were low enough to have it canceled you know what i mean like that's the real test of the audience you know uproar is can the show come back and be a success not can the show come back and just hobble along with the ratings that were bad enough for CBS to go, hey, this is a dog, let's get rid of it. So that, so that's what I'm waiting for is like four episodes in is that's that's my time of saying that was a good idea, that was a bad idea. That's okay, I- and yeah. I guess I'll see you guys playing WoW. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right. All right. Yeah. Take care. Okay. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.